On Shabbos morning, I was watching the children in our shul and they were playing outside and it was actually something beautiful to see how these kids run up and down and they were laughing and just having such a great time with massive smiles on their faces. And I thought, you know, it's been a long time since I've been able to do that. I don't exactly run up and down and squeal with delight over the little things that children seem to enjoy. And it got me thinking about happiness and how children just are so happy. And then we grow up and we we lose a lot of that, it seems. We start to take life very seriously. Maybe we become a little bit jaded or cynical or pessimistic. And we become envious, probably, of how children are just so happy and happy to be happy. The buzzword at this time of the year, the month of Elul, is the word teshuva. And really, whenever we think about the word of teshuva, we probably also think about things that are heavy and depressing, overwhelming. We have to confront our own weaknesses, our own character flaws. We have to face our own insecurities. And for many people, as soon as we switch over into this Elul slash teshuva mode, we just get into a very heavy headspace. Now, the kids also know that Rosh Hashanah is coming, and they're excited about it. They're looking forward to it. They're singing their Yom Tov songs. They're doing whatever crafts they're doing at school. They look forward to the apple and honey. They're excited about the shofar. And the truth is, I was thinking that the word teshuvah doesn't mean heaviness. It doesn't mean despondence. It doesn't mean pessimism. It does imply introspection. But the word itself, teshuvah, comes from the root shuv which means to return. And to, to return implies that there's a state we were once in that we've lost and now need to somehow regain. And perhaps that state is that state of childlike joy, not childish immaturity. There'd be no value in returning to a state of seeing the world through the naive eyes of a child. Yet there'd be huge value in returning to a state of having that easiness around happiness, that joie de vivre, that enjoyment of life, that appreciation of every little thing and how it could be, it should be, a cause for celebration, that in itself is a mode of teshuva. So as we go through this Elul process, we could do it as we've done it in previous years and pound our chests and feel bad about things and dredge up Jewish guilt, which is not so difficult to do because it seems to be endemic. Or we could say, hang on a second, that is our default setting. You know, sometimes you have a a device, could be your phone, and it gives you problems. And one of the options of how to fix it is to restore the factory defaults. Well, the factory default of the human experience is to be in a state of happiness. That's how we all started out. And we could spend a lot of time working out why it is that we seem to have lost touch with that happiness. Or we could just simply say to ourselves, it's a default setting. It's somewhere there still within myself. The difference between an adult who achieves a state of simcha and a child who is in a state of simcha is that the child hasn't yet had the disappointments of life. They haven't yet had people betray them. They haven't yet had the pain that adults very often have had. So the kind of simcha, the kind of joy that they have is in a sense easier because they live in a protected bubble. And for us, the goal is not 
simply to say, I was once in that state. I was once this person who had this bright blue eyed version of the world. And now I've moved from there is to say, I now have the challenge of growing through the pain, through the disappointments, not only the disappointments that other people have caused in my life, the disappointments that I have in myself, because that's very much what this time of the year is about, is I've disappointed myself, I've let myself down, and yet I could still recover that incredible joy, that incredible simch that I once had in my life, just that it would be a more mature version now, because it will be with experience, it will be with insight. And that should be a big goal of Teshuvah, to return to a state of simcha, to return to a state of absolute joy, because God wants us to live with joy. So if we're living with joy, we're living aligned with how Hashem wants us to be. I have a confession to make. The truth is, it's that time of the year. I have a requirement to make a confession. We're all going to make confessions over the next few weeks, whether we do so already now in Elul or whether we wait until Yom Kippur and we have the whole alphabetical list of confessions. But we do know that this is a time of the year for confessions. Because in the model of Teshuvah, the process of getting in touch with our default settings, reconnecting to who we are at our core, touching the essence of our being, we do know that all of the thinkers in Judaism tell us that the first step is a confession. Now, confession is a very powerful thing. We're not into confessing our sins to other people. We don't speak them out. In fact, the Talmud is even critical of a person who announces their sins publicly. But we do verbalize because there's a very powerful psychological process that happens when you say the words aloud. No matter how long we may have entertained a particular concept in our minds and accepted a particular challenge that we're facing or a particular weakness that we have, something shifts when we say those words aloud, even if we're just saying them to ourselves. And so in all classical Jewish sources, the first step of the Teshuvah reset process is admission. It's confession. I have a confession to make. So the question is, what is the nature of that confession? Because the reality is, if you ask most people whether we say it to each other or whether we even say it to ourselves, we like to say that we're okay. You know, you ask somebody, how are you? They say, I'm good. You ask somebody, how are you managing through a stressful situation? Unless you're really close to the person, they'll probably give a generic answer because we prefer to tell ourselves that things are okay. We prefer not to have to confront the realization or the acknowledgement of the fact that maybe there's a problem. Houston, we have a problem. I'd rather not say that. I'd rather not confront it. I'd rather live in the illusion that my Instagram life is actually true. Now, you can't really change anything in life as long as you feel that there's nothing to change. So the process of making the confession is to be honest enough with ourselves to verbalize to ourselves that, you know what? Things are not as picture perfect as I would love to believe that they are. So I may feel that I'm in a good headspace. I may feel that I've got things under control. I may feel that I'm growing. But if I'm honest with myself, maybe I'm not as happy as I should be. Maybe we collectively are not as happy as we should be. Maybe that's why so much money is produced through 
things like antidepressants, why so many people seek therapy, why so many people are looking for the next biggest thing. Because if we are to make a confession, the confession is probably not truly happy. Now the default setting, and this is part of the confession, the default setting of the human being is happy. We started off happy. The expectation of Judaism, which is the expectation of God, is that we should be happy. We should experience a sense of simcha. So the first thing we need is to be honest enough and to acknowledge ourselves, I'm not there. I don't have the kind of simcha that the Torah expects of me. I'm certainly not, if we could use the phrase, a simchas Torah Jew. I'll go to Simchas Torah on the particular date and I'll spend a whatever amount of time over there. And then I'll check out because it really gets a little bit overbearing, all this craziness. But am I really a person who lives with joy? So that's the first step of this Teshuvah process. To be able to reset, to be able to recapture not the immaturity of youth, but the joy of youth, which is absolutely valuable. So to be able to do that, the first thing we need to do is acknowledge, I'm not quite there. There's that old expression in Judaism that knowing what the illness is, is already halfway to the cure. But perhaps just to tweak that a little bit, acknowledging what the problem is, is more than halfway to the solution. It's our inability to acknowledge the problem. Many people might at this point say, okay, I've heard this already, I'm moving on, I'm not gonna listen to the rest of this because I don't need to be told that I'm not as happy as I should be, or perhaps I feel like I am actually happy. So we've got to define, number one, why is Simcha so important to our spiritual progress? Why would joy be an indicator of true Teshuvah? And then of course, once we understand why it's that important, well, then the question is, so what do we do about it? How do we fix this? How do we do the kind of teshuva that restores our sense of simcha?